Welcome back. This is Kelly Gregg of kellygreggjerrygg.com, and this is episode number 38 of the book Diet and Health, which I'm giving you in podcast form. In the book, this is actually chapter 37, but it's podcast 38 because one of the chapters was too long and I had to make two podcasts out of it. As you know, I am trying to induce you to buy this book by making it so wonderful to listen to that you can't wait to read it in person. By the way, I have another podcast on science topics in which you can get it in ebook form, and sometimes I include a few of these chapters in the book on that side of the podcast also. We are still speaking to the food engineer. You know what carbs are and why they are inducing insulin resistance. I barely mentioned vegetables. These also contain mostly carbohydrates, but they are tied up with fiber, which greatly reduces the rate of absorption as opposed to sucrose and flour. I want you to eat at meals and eat until you are full. If you are eating vegetables, it is hard to eat so much that you become obese. Unlike donuts, which you can eat even if you are so full you can hardly walk. I don't see many late-night commercials for broccoli. I have nothing against eating vegetables. You can survive without eating them at all, but diet is also about the joy of eating. You could probably eat as many low-carb vegetables as you want. In fact, I have decided to not even count them in the carbs you eat. Now, high-carb vegetables, such as potatoes, may require a little constraint. Again, this is for the common maintenance diet. If you must eat a low-carb maintenance diet, you will have to count the vegetable carbs. I will mention fruits a little. Historically, fruit has been a main form of sweetness in the diet. Dates, melons, apples, pears, and berries have served as dessert for thousands of years. I have not mentioned nuts and seeds and have decided you can eat as much as you want. Do not go crazy, again, not medical advice, and use your common sense. I just have never seen someone obese because they ate too many seeds or nuts. Remember, peanuts are not nuts. You are never going to harm yourselves as much by eating seeds or nuts as you would by eating those so-called healthy fruit bars. Stay away from processed food and you will be fine. Peanut butter, cashew butter, almond butter, macadamia nut butter, honey roasted anything butter, are all processed foods. Remember, peanuts are not nuts, and you can eat too many just like you can eat too many potatoes. We can figure out that it has only been in the last 100 years that fruit has been available every day of the year. It used to be you ate a lot when the season was ripe, then you may not eat hardly any for most of the year. Your body is actually designed to eat a lot of fruit for a month, but not for a year. The bottom line is, don't eat as much fruit as you can. Maybe a couple days a year you can do that, but not every day. The food engineer will keep a loose count of how many carbs you are taking in with fruit. Use your common sense when recalling history. It is most likely that for the history of man, You did eat a lot of fruit, and hence a lot of fructose, for a few weeks a year.
and your body is actually designed to handle that load. But a continuous elevated diet of fructose will lead to bad results. I am a Vitamix fan, and they do a great job processing food. In fact, too good of a job. Now we can make juice out of anything. If you want to throw a bunch of vegetables and ice in a Vitamix, go ahead. When you start adding a bunch of bananas or other high-carb fruits or sweeteners, you will then be on a high-carb diet. At the same time, if all you eat is reasonable smoothies, I doubt you will get too many carbs, no matter what. That is, unless you go crazy with it. Again, not medical advice. I have tried to make the common maintenance diet as easy as possible. I do not want food engineers to have to count calories or even carbs, although you need to have an awareness of about how many carbs you are eating. As such, I will give you an example of some numbers. Food engineers will, within a short time, know about how many carbs are in what they are buying and making. They should tend to stay away, that is for the most part, the high-carb foods. Let us say you have someone that uses about 2,400 calories a day. You really can't tell how many calories anyone uses in a day because it varies with activity, metabolic level, the temperature of your environment, and many other factors difficult to identify. To make it even more complicated, your hunger varies with all kinds of factors, including stress and your emotional state. That is why I advise you to just make sure you eat enough food so that everyone is full when they leave the table. If you cut out between-meal eating, that is, as much as you can, you can decide what's appropriate, we can get back to the idea of eating when you are hungry and not eating when you are not. The food engineer will be able to take that concept and determine the number and timing of meals. Remember, the 12 hours fast, and thus you have only 12 hours a day of meal times. If you can avoid snack, it is not that hard to figure out when you schedule the meal times. It does not have to be exact, as we can live with people being a little hungry a little while before meal time. This is a lifetime diet, and things come up so that we occasionally must change things around, but for the most part, stick to the schedule, whatever that may be. Back to our example. We have 2,400 calories we need to divide it up. I have already said that I believe the normal diet in history was probably not low-carb, but rather up to about 50% or more carbohydrates. In times of scarcity, it was probably more than that as we were eating preserved food. For the modern man, there is no such scarcity, and we could eat whatever we want 24 hours a day, although that would be a tad expensive. If we use the 50% figure... That gives us 1,200 calories of carbs. Since there are 4 calories in each gram of carb, that gives us about 300 grams of carbs, which in American terms is 10 ounces. Now some refinements. We know the modern carbs are not the same as historical carbs. That is one of the main reasons we are fat. Therefore, I advise fewer carbs for the modern diet. That means bread and sucrose. If you are eating vegetables as a primary source of carbs, you could eat 50% with no problems 
as that fiber is keeping us from that abnormal insulin spike. You cannot easily find historical flour. You can buy grain and grind it yourself to whatever size flour grain you want and keep all the bran and germ to boot. But this is not easy and not for everyone. I do not think you would get any home grinder that can work as well as the commercial ones. Whole wheat bread you buy usually does not give you a smaller particle size of the flour. We grind it to a small size and then add back the ingredients. Remember, we grind flour to a small size because it makes a more appealing bread. So if you grind your own, you will have to adjust the recipe somewhat and it will be darker and denser than supermarket bread. Now, I'm going to talk a whole bunch about this subject in a little while. In fact, I wrote a whole book about this subject, Bread in the Modern Diet. If you are eating modern food, lower the percent carbohydrates to about a third or less, about 200 grams of carbs. This is for 2,400 calorie dietary intake. The food engineer must use common sense. We want to diminish modern bread and sucrose. We don't mind whole fruit, but can't go crazy. We don't mind seeds and nuts, but also don't go crazy. And we don't mind vegetables, as long as they are not high in carbs. I hope you remember that the labels give you total carbs and subdivide this into sugars and fibers. Subtract the grams of fiber from the grams of sugar to give us the number that we are counting. I assure you, once you have been estimating carbs for a while, you are going to get very good at it. This is a lifetime diet, and we are going to have birthdays, weddings, holidays, in which you just can't be on the maintenance diet. Do not worry. Just be on the maintenance diet about 80% of the time, and you will be miles ahead of what you are probably eating now in terms of a healthy diet. I am going to talk about fat and protein later, but I have decided not to count them for the maintenance diet. You can if you want, but it is the carbs that are the problem. It ends up that eating a lot of fat tends to decrease your appetite. Fat has 9 calories per gram, and you do not have to eat as much to get the same amount of energy. We are trying to get you back to the diet your body has been designed to use. That is, eat when you are hungry, and don't eat when you are not. Remember, if things are working right, your metabolic set point makes you hungry in relation to how much energy your body requires. If you eat a lot, then you should be less hungry. Now, when I said a lot, that is not the volume of food. That is the energy content of the food. If you eat fat, and thus a higher energy concentration, this decreases hunger, and your body adjusts your intake appropriately. Most people used to be able to keep their weight constant without thinking about diet at all. They can keep their weight within a pound or two for years. One of the consequences of insulin resistance is that the regulatory mechanisms go amiss, and as we get older, our insulin level slowly rises, so does our weight. We do not want to get insulin resistance, and the maintenance diet is designed to avoid this. When we are young and don't have insulin resistance, your body takes your glucose energy intake into account and adjusts your hunger appropriately. If you eat too much glucose too often over years, you get insulin resistance. 
not necessarily from the glucose, but from the repeated rapid and higher insulin peaks. Once you get insulin resistance, we can no longer count on your metabolic set point to appropriately respond to glucose and adjust your hunger appropriately. One other problem is the disappearance of the glucose energy into the fat cells, which have been steadily growing under the insulin influence. Hence, we get hungry even though we actually have sufficient energy intake, as that glucose is not available. The common maintenance diet is designed for normal people to prevent disease. It may be that if you have some insulin resistance now, we can get you to the point that you are almost normal, but even then, the common maintenance diet may not work. You need the low-carb maintenance diet, which, although similar, is not the same. Then you will be counting carbs and holding them down. I do not know if I can trust you to eat when you are hungry and stop when you are not, once you have been obese. I do not know if the metabolic set point gets back to normal. I suspect if you lose weight through fasting as opposed to the ketogenic diet, there is a better chance it will. Usually people do not have a problem eating too much protein. If you have a high percentage of protein in your diet, you tend not to feel as well. Avoid protein supplements. Now is the time to talk about a different maintenance diet. For many reading this book, it is too late. You already have obesity or insulin resistance. Although these usually go hand in hand, I believe there are some with obesity without insulin resistance. You will see why that matters. First, if you are obese, you will have to change your diet. Your problem is not that you are not exercising enough. Obese does not mean stout. Your baseline healthy weight varies among individuals, and some people are skinnier than others. This has both a genetic and an environmental factor. No one has a healthy baseline weight that is obese. Do not go on the reduced calorie diet. That means just eating less, and it hardly ever works. Unless there is some medical issue, the ketogenic diet appears to be the best weight loss diet. This is a temporary diet, although it may last up to a year. If you lose weight, you then go off the ketogenic diet. It is not a lifetime diet. You must have a different diet than you had before, or you will end up in the same place you were before you lost weight. This is where there is a gray area. Some will be able to go on the maintenance diet for the common man and be fine. Others will not and have to go on the low-carb maintenance diet. If you have insulin resistance, which is not particularly easy to diagnose by blood test, or have been diagnosed with prediabetes, or have early diabetes, you have a different lifetime maintenance diet. Now you do have to count your carbohydrates, as you need to be around 120 grams or less. You also can't go crazy with special occasions, although we will give you a little leeway. I don't know that, even if you lose weight, get a normal blood sugar, and eat better than you did before all this started, you can go on the common diet and not regress. If 120 grams of carbs a day is not helping, then you must go a little less. I do not advise a lifetime ketogenic diet. You will be on a maintenance diet, but a low-carb diet, not the common diet. 
how low will vary with the person. It's a, a lot harder to do, but too bad. You need a little tough love for screwing up the previous 10 to 30 years. And it's not a terrible diet. With the right food engineer, you would never know you were on a special diet. In the near future, we will move on to fat and protein, but I have decided to advise you not to be interested in counting anything. You may get a general idea of how much you are eating as a percentage of your diet, but no numbers. I will not mention fasting. By now, I hope you are convinced of the 12 hours fast and will do it almost all the time. This is easy, as most of the time you will be asleep, and if you are not on some type of reduced calorie diet, people do not get hungry when they are asleep. I cannot escape my belief that your body is designed for occasional fasting. The 12 hours fast is a start, but as time goes on you realize that it's not hard to skip breakfast. If you can skip lunch, now you have not been eating in 24 hours, and I declare you to be officially fasting. The 12 hours fast is not fasting, it is normal. As you read in the first few chapters, your body is always in some type of metabolic state. You eat and your body is absorbing energy. You stop eating and your body is maintaining energy. You do not eat and you have a fasting state. You eat a lot and you have a feasting state. You eat a little but not enough and you have a reduced calorie state. The only way you have a starvation state is when you are fasting and do not have any fat reserves. You are not starving if you have fats. You are fasting. Your body and brain react differently to all these states. If you are hungry, that does not mean you are starving. Hunger is normal feeling for the body, and different hormones may be activated for your benefit. Hunger is a part of normal life, just like fasting. Starvation is not a normal part of life. I have yet to see anyone who is really starving, although many claim that they were. Everyone eats out at times. Some eat out almost every day. Eating out is one of the joys of eating. Do not do it very often. It is extremely difficult to eat the maintenance diet and eat out every day. Not impossible, but requires a lot of vigilance and self-control. Although oft-times we are doing this to the benefit of the food engineer, after being on the maintenance diet for a while, the food engineer is mentally calculating the nutritional value of all the food orders, which may diminish the joy of eating out somewhat. The next chapter is called Fat Engineers, but that's just short for Engineering Fat for Food Engineers. Remember my ad, I can continue making these podcasts, as long as every now and then someone actually buys the book.